it's Ronnie Davis, and you're listening to Eating More, the place to be if you want to learn how to stop eating in ways that make you feel like crap, if you want to end the weight and food war, and start reimagining healthy eating and living. We'll show you how to change your mind, your food world, and your life with less doing and more being. Are we live? I think we're live. Look at that. It's just that easy. I've only ever done like one live video before. So if you're here and if I actually am, then welcome. Hello, Shelly. Thank you for joining. Hi, hi. Oh, and Amanda's there. Look at her. Hello, Amanda. waiting for Amanda to connect. There we go. She is. It's working. It's working. Imagine that. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm nervous. I couldn't sleep last night. Really? <laughs> it was like, I've just, it's been running in my head. It's just been running in my head constantly. And I'm like, I was waking up thinking about what we're going to talk about and at finally at 5 5 a.m i'm like i just need to get out of bed yeah. <laughs> out of coffee and i just needed to like get out of my head and i so i read a book <laughs> i'm actually i'm actually really good at managing my anxiety at this point when it comes to things like this up until the thing has to happen like so I, yesterday was fine last night it was fine this morning right up until like like about a half hour ago or so i started being like oh no oh god <laughs> well but the other it's it's not the live that bothers me it's because like i don't often talk about this topic right so i haven't practiced my words i haven't yeah. i don't know if i'm going to find the right words to describe what i want to say right yeah. like we were talking about wardrobes girl yeah. i can off the fly but talking about diet culture and just being very cognizant of my words and what I yeah. say so I think you're gonna lead well, well that's where my <laughs> nerves come from too because I'm always I tend to um, I like having time to think about my words like I like writing because I like having time to like think about my words and make sure that it's not going to come out a way that I don't mean. Yeah. Sometimes I can blur things and then I think like after, oh, I should have said it this way. So I like having time to like think about my words and, and you know, so live just for that reason always kind of tends to make me feel a little bit like, oh God, what's going to come out of my mouth next? <laughs> I know. <laughs> the live gives that, gives that authentic feel and it's sometimes coming straight like from your passion and from your heart. So I think when yeah. Right. So why don't we dive in? I would, you know, what we're going to be covering in this live is what is diet culture? Kind of like what is, you know, my interpretation of diet culture? What's your interpretation of diet culture? And I think as we talk about it, we will probably, it'll probably become, you know, obvious why it's important for us, but maybe talk about like what it isn't in our kind of maybe more of our intention with this. So I would love to know, like, what what is your version of diet culture like what's your view on it 
So, so for me, I mean, you know, the general, the general consensus is always that, you know, diet culture is, um, you know, promoting the message that um, thin at any cost and every cost is, is the way to go through life. Like we have to keep chasing thin at every cost. Um, and that's, you know, that's traditionally the, the sort of general consensus on what diet culture is. For me, it goes a little bit deeper than that, though. Um, and, and for me, I think my defini definition of diet culture tends to encompass also more like wellness culture. Mm -hmm. It's not just diet culture for me. It's also that wellness culture that revolves around telling us the way that we're supposed to eat and live. <laughs> mm -hmm. And that there's something where, that, yeah, that there's a right way to do it. There's a wrong right way to do it. And there's a list of all of the things you're supposed to be doing to do it right. And, and that there's way, your way. So if it worked yeah. for me, it's going to work for you when we, when we research shows that that's not actually like the case. We're yeah. all so unique. Yeah. And I think, you know, like, like a lot of people think that they, they have this idea of, what dieting is and what it isn't and and i think wellness culture has kind of co-opted a lot and so for me when i say you know i'm anti-diet or anti-diet culture i'm also anti-messages that sound like um it's not a diet it's healthy eating mm -hmm. when healthy eating involves this is the good thing this is the bad thing this is it, the thing you should eat this is the thing you shouldn't eat um hello that's a diet <laughs> like, <laughs> And, and so I, you know, when I recognized, you know, the oppressive system that diet culture is, I, I like, I'm an academic at heart. So I like, I'm an academic. So I'm like, give me data, give me research. Right. Yeah. And so I, I found actually like a great kind of definition that diet culture is like a system of beliefs and some, yeah. and you know, one of the beliefs is that um, like you just mentioned, that there's like demonizing certain ways of yeah. eating and elevating other ways of eating, which means that it's going to force you to be like hyper vigilant of what you're eating, what you should be ashamed of, what your food choices are. And that ends up distracting you from listening to your body, yep. listening to your pleasure, distracting you from your purpose and your power. But on top of that, you know, it, it disconnects us from body. It disconnects us from what we want and need, like just authentically in the moment, because we're so focused on what we think we're supposed to be doing, that it disconnects us from what we just want and need in the moment. But also it causes so much fear. Yeah. So like the women that I work with live their lives in fear over eating the wrong thing all the time. And so anything that promotes the right way, the wrong way, fear around certain foods or, or, you know, eating the right thing or eating the wrong thing, like anything that promotes fear. Um, and so, you know, weight comes into that as well. Like that's where the sort of um, striving for thinness can come into play because it, it makes us, so it makes us afraid of food. It makes us afraid of making the wrong choice and being unhealthy, but it also makes us afraid of not being loved, not being accepted, not belonging, not being respected, because it teaches us that one way to look is the good way to look. One way to look is the bad way to look. 
right? So it's just that whole system of beliefs that just makes us feel like shit about ourselves. And also like when it comes to actual like true health, if we've gained weight, we've been taught that, oh, if my body changes, then the problem is exercise and food when it can in fact be a, like a multitude of other factors that's going on in your body. 100%. It could be, um, you know, something, I don't want I'm not a doctor, like internal, <laughs> like disease or like, yeah. all of a sudden, you know, came about in your body, hormones, menopause. Um, like hello, weight gain can also be the result of healing. And like we've been taught, we've been taught to associate weight loss with health and weight gain with, with poor health, right? But <laughs> if you think about the people in your, that you've known in your life that have lost the most significant amount of weight the fastest, usually sick. it's usually because there is a major illness in their body, not health. Yeah. I mean, I know people that have lost a significant amount very, very quickly, and then they died very soon after because it's not a result of health. So yeah. the concept that weight loss and being smaller equals health, also hugely problematic because weight gain is often healing. Just even the simple concept that weight gain is a bad thing is mm. horrifically toxic. Our bodies gaining weight when there's an excess amount of calories present is what our bodies were designed to do to keep our species alive. They're doing what they're supposed to do if they're gaining weight. So for me, I've, I'm weight neutral. Like for me, anti-diet means being weight neutral. I don't care what a body looks like or weighs, or I don't care. I think what should matter is how does it feel to live in this body today? What does it feel like to be me? How do I feel about myself today? And what choices am I making that are contributing to that not being the way I want it to be? And right? the, the, so, we also need to go deeper than that because if we've been, we're living in a society that has anti-fat bias yep. and look at our bodies that have fat on it and we're feeling bad about ourselves, are we actually really feeling bad in our bodies or are we feeling bad about the judgments that we're well, making? But that's, but that's the point that I'm making. So yeah. the point is, the point is exactly that. So questioning why, like, how am I feeling today? Why am I feeling that way? Like, is that like, what is causing that feeling? And I hear this so often from the women that I work with, they'll say to me, uh, and you know, like women, I've been working with women who have struggled with weight. I've been working, I've been doing this for over 10 years. And every single woman pretty much that has ever come to me has had desperation in her eyes. You don't understand how desperate I am to lose weight. I feel awful. And, you know, before, and, and I've talked about this before, I was a trainer before for many, many years. And so the solution when somebody says, I feel awful is, okay, let's get you feeling better about you. Let's get you skinny and feeling great and fit and strong. And, and you know, that's always the solution. And so that's what people expect. That's what people look, look that's the answer they look for. Let me get smaller. Automatically just assuming that that's what's going to make them feel better versus looking at it from the perspective of, you know, like digging in deep and just going, okay, why do I feel terrible? Like what's causing me to feel like crap today? Okay, so let's just calm down. Let's just get quiet. Let's just go inward. What are my thoughts saying to me? Like 
where is this, if I'm feeling terrible, like specifically, what am I feeling? So, oh, you know, my stomach's a little upset. I'm, I'm a little nervous and, and, you know, like my chest is kind of tight and not feeling, you know, and so really explore what's going on inside your body and then ask yourself, where's that coming from? What's going on in my head? Like what thoughts are going through my head and how are these thoughts impacting the feelings that I'm having in my body? Because very often women really want to run to blaming weight for everything. They'll come to me and they'll say, I feel like crap. And so do doctors. Yeah. Oh yeah. hundred percent. But they'll come to me and they'll say, I feel like crap. And I'll say, okay, so tell me what's going on in your head. Like, what are you, what are you saying to yourself today about your body? Well, you know, I'm such a fat cow and, and there's all of these like horrific words that will come out of their mouth. And so we'll go through this process of just, okay, like just pause and think about those thoughts again for a second and think about the response that happens in your body when you think about those thoughts. They make you feel heavy. They like, like emotionally heavy. They make you feel uh, low energy. They beat you down and make you feel terrible about yourself. They make you feel anxious. They make you feel not worthy. They have all of these physical impacts on you that really aren't coming from anything to do with what size you are. They're literally just coming from the thoughts that you're thinking to yourself about what size you are. So when I say uncover why you're feeling the way you're feeling, that's what I mean. Where are these feelings coming from? If I don't feel as good as I want to feel, where are these feelings coming from? And usually this, it's their, our thoughts. Yes. But it's, you know, the thoughts that have been given to them through, oh, 100%. through diet culture as, you know, a system of beliefs because it promotes worshiping thinness and that it, thinness equates to health and moral yeah. virtue. Like, yeah. I, I often when women are on, when they're in my space and they're talking about their diet or they're talking about food, they always need to throw the word good food or bad or healthy food. And the way they say it is like, it's like they're more, they, they are more, ver, you know, moral because yep. they're, they're eating the healthy choices. Yep. Um, and labeling food as good or bad, I find you know, is extra damaging. I, I try and see it as there's food that makes me feel good. Yep. There's that doesn't make me feel good when I eat it. Yep. Sometimes I make choices that make me feel good. Sometimes I make choices that don't, but I try not to beat myself up over it. Like sometimes I will eat something that I know my body may not like, but it gives me pleasure. Like I might, I might feel the badness later. And it's, you know, it's a balance of being able to be in your body and recognize that yourself and, and making right. the choice. Why am I eating this right now? Because yes. it tastes really good and it's going to give me pleasure. And I am like, I am willing to suffer through the, the consequences maybe tomorrow. And then sometimes I might make a difference. Well, and, and the, 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 the thing about that too is, and that's one of the other biggest problems with diet culture and even healthy living and, and wellness culture is it's all ignoring why we're eating the way we're eating, right? It's all about just force yourself to make this change and ignore the things that are going on in your brain that are driving the choices. And, you know, you commented that sometimes I'll eat things that don't make me feel great. And that's not an, an abnormal thing to do. Like that's like people do that sometimes. Yeah, like sometimes people do that. But what the, like usually when you know, everybody has an idea of what's good and what's bad, what they should eat and what they shouldn't eat. I have never met a single adult human who didn't have some idea 
about what they thought was good and what they thought was bad. I think we got to throw that crap out and just like you said, come back into our own trust and start recognizing how foods make our own bodies feel, right? It's just like you said, one thing will make me feel good, one thing will make me feel not so good. But even the things that make our bodies feel not so good, one, our bodies will tell us. We don't need anyone else to tell us because our bodies will. Two, a lot of the time it's not the thing itself that makes us feel so terrible. It's the quantity in which we're eating it. So, and, and sometimes the quantity in which we're eating it ends up being more than our bodies want because we're driven by that restrictive mindset that says, well, I'm being bad right now, so I may as well just eat all of it and then I'll start again tomorrow, right? And that, that restrictive mindset ends up making us eat more of it than, than we need to or want to and then we end up not feeling so great. And that restrictive mindset comes from not just diet culture, it comes 100% from diet culture, but also all of the healthy eating rules. I also want to touch on that diet culture is, is a form of oppression. Yeah. Because it, oh, I don't think it benefits anybody, but (laughs) it more benefits (laughs) privilege because people of privilege and, you know, are able-bodied and, you know, have economic status, um, have access to be able to spend money on healthier foods. So what about the people that don't have access to money? Yeah. Or, you know, you know, economic resources, or they've been brought up in, you know, systematic poverty, where, you know, the cheaper food tends to not be the food that, you know, yeah, the food that's taxed. Yeah. It's- and it ends up being cheaper food, but it's the food that gets taxed because it's not as like healthy, but sometimes that's all people can afford. So now we have this system of diet culture that is, you know, is built for the privileged population. And so it's, it's really oppressive to people who don't match up with the supposed picture of health, which, which then harms you know, disproportionately harms women, trans folks, um, people in larger bodies, people of color, people with disabilities, and it all ends up damaging their mental and physical health in the long run. Oh, 100%, 100%. And, you know, one of the reasons that it, it can do that, or, or, you know, one of the many reasons, when <laughs> the whole organic movement is, is a perfect example of this, I, like, I can't, I can't, Bad. Telling, telling people, telling people that they have to spend fourteen dollars more on a piece of asparagus because it's organic, I think, is one of the most toxic things that's to ever come out of healthy eating. Well, and superfoods, like and superfoods. Oh yeah, don't even get me started on superfoods. But what happens when you afford organic? What yeah. happens if you can't afford superfoods? What happens if you can't afford organic? You're teaching people to be afraid of food. And with the organic movement, you're teaching people to be afraid of fruits and vegetables. You're teaching people to be afraid of their food sources, especially the food sources that are supposedly the healthier choices. People who can't afford organic food, when you start telling them these are the right foods and these are the wrong vegetables, right? Like when you start telling them these are the poisonous vegetables, don't eat those vegetables because they're toxic. They start buying less vegetables if they can't afford organic. And, and it's really, that's the, that's the marketing t- attacking the individual where, yeah. you know, I agree. I think we do need to care about 
what chemicals are being put in our food. Like we do need to care about that. However, that's not up to us. Yeah. The, the corporations and, you know, those big food businesses to not cause harm and to do due diligence and to hire third party um third parties to test their food to make sure that they aren't putting harmful anything harmful in our food if there is right well, and and that's and that's one of the big that's one of the problems with that all of that messaging as well is that it makes that it convinces people that they are putting poisonous things in your food oh nobody wants to poison you with your vegetables like that's not the goal like nobody's trying to poison you like that's and and you know yes they have to use specific chemicals on on some foods to make sure that you know they they get to you um you know in a way that you know in a way that you can still eat them um but usually first of all usually with the, with the chemicals that are put on foods and stuff it, it's it's not like with with toxins and chemicals and all of those things that everybody keeps telling you is poisonous it's not the chemical or the the individual ingredient that's poisonous it's the quantity right even radiation that can kill you <laughs> it's the quantity of radiation that you're exposed to that does the damage and all of these places have pretty you know thorough quality control things in place because they would get their asses sued off if they were poisoning the population like they don't want to poison you so but fear-mongering charlatans that want you to think that you have to be scared of everything because it gets your attention they have something to gain by you being afraid of, of some of those things because then you start you, you start and you start living in fear and, and following it, everything they say and it also targets privileged people because they yeah. can they can afford the the organic thing so yeah. now you're separating classes yep. and so people who are like oh I made an all organic meal and it's like why do you have to call out that you made an organic meal do you because feel because you feel morally virtuous yeah yep absolutely another way to create hierarchies within us that eventually oppresses a population and makes a population live in fear so basically diet culture is anything that fosters fear in you about your food and your body now yeah and fear and not enoughness and not enough yeah <laughs> um about the women who do live in larger bodies and come to you um because you know i work with women who live in larger bodies but i help them with their wardrobe yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the bodies they have now but you actually help women um you know help they, they i'm sure you've had women come to you in a larger body and like ronnie like I, I don't want to go on a diet anymore. I don't want to do all that. But like, I don't like it that if, when I go for a hike, I'm exhausted and carrying this weight on my body is not really making me feel good. Yep. So how do you like, what is the like, usually all alternative has been taught exercise and diet. That's it. So what is your, what is your, how do you help those women? Well, I take it from the perspective of what can your body do today without pain? Mm -hmm. Let's start there and do those things. What makes your body, what activities makes your body feel better today? And let's do those things and avoid the things that just don't work for your body today in the same way that you approach with clothes. Mm -hmm. I approach with movement. If it doesn't work for your body today, don't try to make your body do it today. Listen to your body because it knows, it will tell you. So what makes your body feel good today? Like moving in what ways? 
move that way. Just listen to your body and do that. In terms of the, like the actual weight, right? The way I approach it is what's, what are like, why did the weight go on? Right? Why did the weight go on? How, like how many times a day are you eating for reasons other than physical hunger? Let's just start there. And it also could be a medical condition. Or it it be, also could be a medical condition. Right? Again, I want to reiterate Which that, is, that we've been taught it's always about movement and food where there could be multitude of other reasons as to why the yeah. weight has been put on and you forcing your restricting food and forcing yourself to move your body in a way that hurts might isn't always going to fix it either too, right? Well, and that's the point. And it's not about, it's not about restricting food. It's about understanding. Let's just start from the perspective of why the weight go on. So it might be because of food choices, eating for emotional hunger, binge eating, right? Self-punishing reasons. It could, it's any number of reasons that the weight can go on that also may include healing, right? It may also include self-protection. A lot of the women that I work with, a lot of the women that I work with have histories of sexual abuse. Mm, so it's like, I'm going to make my body. Carrying extra weight makes them feel safer. Mm. That is so common. And, and like I said, you know, healing, um, just the, because of the ways the reading, um, medical reasons, like there are so many different reasons the weight went on. So let's just start there. Let's just start uncovering why the weight went on. Two, why do you want to lose it? Like, why is weight loss so important to you? Why does it matter so much? Because most of the time, it's not because knees hurt. It's because I think it's going to make me confident. I want to feel better about myself. So I want to get skinny. So I, I'll get that validation. That's usually the underlying issue. I just want to feel better about myself. And I have been taught that I'm not allowed to feel better about myself until my body's smaller. We've been taught to attach this condition to the way that we feel about ourselves. And that health looks a certain way. And that health looks a certain way, yeah. And then it gets reinforced every single day, everywhere you look, by people celebrating good choices, healthy lifestyles, weight loss. Like it, it, it just gets reinforced every time we see somebody else get celebrated for those things just reinforces yep. that, oh, that's the thing I need to be doing because then I'll belong, then I'll be accepted, then I'll feel good enough. Yeah. And I also point out that, and I think you mentioned it, you're, you're weight neutral. And I think that's really important to point out. Oftentimes with, you know, the intuitive eating, the body positive movement, the self-acceptance movement, you know, anti-diet culture, we assume like sometimes we think in all or nothing thinking, right? Yes. If we're in this bucket, then we're against weight loss. And that's not what we are either. If, if yes. you want, if you, we view it as you are in control of your body. 100%. You are, Autonomy. You know, it's completely up to you. We will never tell you what you should or should not do with your body. 100%. You know what's best. Yeah. However, recognize the messaging that we've been told to teach you what you think is best might not actually be true. 100%. And so it's not attacking people. It's not attacking you if you are on a diet or you want to lose weight. And we're, well, we're not attacking anybody. We yeah. just want to call to light. I use the word attack. I don't want to use, but we're not attacking. We're not attacking anything, but we're sometimes me being an Enneagram eight and super passionate, being a challenger. Sometimes I like 
might come off like I'm attacking. I, I tend to be a little like that as well. A little bit abrasive sometimes. <laughs> that's like my social injustice fighter showing. <laughs> yes. um, we're trying to call to light that everything that you've been sold to might not actually be true. And it actually is probably causing you long-term harm because studies have proven that those who lose weight on any type of diet will always gain it back after like three to five years. So not only that, you are more likely to gain weight over time if you go on a diet. And by, and again, when I say go on a diet, I define that as trying to force yourself to eat the way somebody else wants you to eat. And I, and I say that because, you know, I, I remember the first time I was, I was in therapy for bulimia in 2008, I think. And I remember the first day I walked into the therapist's office and he said to me, um, you have to stop dieting because that obviously is contributing to the bulimic behaviors. And I said, no, you don't understand. I'm not dieting. I'm just eating healthy. I'm just eating whole nutritious foods all day. Like you have to make me be able to stick to that because I'm not dieting. I know that's bad. Yeah. But so like when, when we say diet, that's like, if it's trying, if you're trying to force yourself to change everything about the way you eat, it's a diet, whether you call it dieting or healthy eating, it's a diet. Yeah. And, and, and when you do that, you're more likely to gain weight over time than if you don't. And again, I make no judgment on whether or not that's a good thing or a bad thing. I'm just pointing out that that's the reality of it. And uh, somebody just commented, and we'll get to that in a sec. I wanted to say what I don't consider diet culture is when you do have to change what you eat for, for health, for not health, for medical reasons. So like in my example, as I've aged, my body does not like to process gluten anymore. Like to the back where poon poop. And I was in a lot of pain. <laughs> I was in a lot of and I had to do a lot of experimenting to figure out what, what it is. I mean, I didn't always assume it was food either. Like we looked yeah. as bacteria in there, like what's going on. And it wasn't until I got rid of gluten that my body's like, oh, I'm going to stop hurting you right now. <laughs> right. And yeah. so I'm not eating gluten, not for any reason other than my body can't process it. So if you have to change your diet for a medical reason like that, because your body just it does not process it or it doesn't feel good when you eat it. We don't consider that diet culture. Well, but that, that kind of exactly proves what I'm saying in that you don't need somebody else to tell you what you shouldn't or sh should or shouldn't eat. Your body will tell you. And then all you have to do is listen. And if you struggle to listen, because I see this a lot. So you, so exactly that you just, what's, what's making my body not feel great. And then how can I just honor what it's saying? by not giving it the thing that makes it feel great. I had to see a doctor, I saw a naturopath, yeah. answer it all on my own. Um, but I wasn't gonna go, you know, assume it was always food, you know, either. Anyway, I just wanted to call call that out, okay? Yeah, so absolutely. So, so yeah, investigate what it might be, what it might not be, and then listen to your body. But also recognize that sometimes it's not always that easy to listen to your body because you've spent your entire life completely disconnected from your body and unable to hear it. Right. Because you've been programmed to believe you shouldn't trust it. And the other thing is, um, you know, a lot of times we can get into self-punishing patterns of behavior from diet culture that teaches us we're bad if we're not perfect. 
um, that make it very, very difficult to want to treat ourselves well. So you were lucky in that as soon as you recognized what it was, you went, yep, nope, don't want to eat that anymore. But for a lot of women, there is a very real struggle. I was one of them. There was a very real struggle to believe that I was deserving of feeling good. Because when you don't believe you deserve to feel good, you don't, you have no desire to treat yourself well. So, so that's an issue too. So we have a comment. Vicky said, I always ask people, why does my weight bother you when it mm. doesn't, I try to embrace myself at any size number that I'm at. Like, and like, you need to keep sharing that story, Vicky, because yes. so struggle with that. And they may know it in their head, but they don't like practice it yet because they, you need to like unlearn some shit first. <laughs> so much shit. <laughs> And so really like that, that's, that's our goal with the real diet story is we're here to like educate. We're here to share stories and to give you kind of the seedy underbelly of yeah. what the industry does long-term. It's not, it, it's so much more encompassing than we even realize. Yeah. Well, you know, and, and for me, and we've talked about this before, um, you know, I, like I said, I spent eight years as a trainer thinking that, that this was the answer. And every single person that I worked with would come to me and say, I've been dieting my entire life. Like I've talked to women in their 80s that have been dieting their entire lives. And the more of them I talked to, the more I started going, okay, wait, this is like a thing for everybody. And it's not like an individual thing. This is a thing for everybody. And we need to start talking about it. And, and we see, I see it everywhere. Like once yeah. you open your eyes to it, you hear it in conversations, you hear it. Like, I just, I'm constantly surrounded by it. You know, I was with a friend and a picture of a mutual friend popped up and she was like, oh, she needs to change her picture because she's lost weight since then. I'm like, why are you focusing oh. on that? Yeah. But it's just like, she meant no harm in it. But yeah. like that diet culture coming out and you not even realizing how much it's ingrained in you. And yep. so I think, you know, through the real diet story, you and I do plan on like bringing to light, like where diet, where the diet culture hides, where it hides mm -hmm. is it. And even where the diets are, are now they're, 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 they're catching on. <laughs> they're catching oh, yeah. on. The diets don't work. And now they're trying to take the language of the body positive and self-acceptance movement to put that into their marketing in hopes to like, well, we're not a diet. We're just a lifestyle change. Anyway, we're not going to get into that now. We will dive yeah. into that more here on the real diet story. Um, Cause anyways, I, it's been, it's been 30 minutes. I think we can wrap it up. Thank you for everybody who joined. Um, Thank you, Vicki, for sharing your story. And I hope, Vicki, that you share that elsewhere. Because more yes. women need that. Keep need shouting that loud and proud. Oh, and this is why we're doing the real diet stories. We're telling other people's stories because that's how we change. That's how we systematically change, change people and change. Yeah, and that's the thing. It's about changing the system. It's about changing the way people think so that we can change the system. Yeah. Yeah. Anything else you want to say, honey? Um, I don't think so. How do I get out of this the right way? Did you tell me? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think you just hit the X. Maybe just hit the X and then we'll see. You, you're going to have to see what happens when you hit the X. Okay. So maybe bye. I'm hitting the X now. Maybe bye. <laughs> okay. Bye everyone. <laughs>
You've been listening to Being More with Ronnie Davis. Thanks for tuning in. To learn more about embodied cognitive eating training and access free resources, visit www.ecet.online.